0: I'm not who I used to be. I'm redeemed. Is that your testimony this morning? Redeemed by the blood of the Savior. Amen. We're celebrating a time in the life of our church. 82 years of ministry here at Garrison Baptist Church. What a wonderful blessing. God has saw this church family through many, many crises, struggles, trials, storms. Used it in so many ways to reach hundreds and hundreds of people with the gospel message of Jesus Christ. And so we think about that when we come together in homecoming. You know, homecoming is a time when uh, we uh, celebrate God's accomplishments through the church and His blessings. I think about the history of this church. I can't help but think about the hand of God guiding all those years. To the very place that we are today, with the understanding, and the expectation, he's not finished yet, but he has much more that he wants to do. You know, in the Bible, there's uh, many homecoming accounts of people that were away and they're coming home. And one of my favorites is the prodigal son, how that he moved away from home and then he came back home again. What a story of redemption and forgiveness and restoration. But there's another favorite passage of mine in the Bible that talks about a homecoming that's going to happen in the future. It's when Jesus comes for His bride, the church, and when He takes His bride home to be with Him. So I want you to turn your Bible quickly to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. And Paul begins to explain the mystery of the rapture of the church. Uh, When Jesus comes and calls His church out of this world and we're all together to be with Him, what encouragement that gives. So this morning, just for a few minutes, I want to spend some time sharing with you about the church on its way home. I really believe that as a church we are on our way home, uh, that sometime soon in the future that we'll see these things happen that Paul writes about and that will be those who experience this great event. Listen to what he says, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, beginning of verse 13. He says, But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with Him those who sleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord Himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. And then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with Him in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore comfort one another with these words. Bow with me if you would. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for the precious promises of Scripture that, Lord, we can count and trust and believe that you'll do what you said you'll do. Thank you, Father, for the home going of the church that one day Jesus will come and the church will rise to meet Him in the air. Thank you for this truth, Lord. Help us to be encouraged by it today and help us to celebrate it because... We're looking forward to that time. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. You know, there's some things about this home going or uh, the time that the church truly goes home. You realize that this earth isn't your home. The Bible says that we're not citizens of the earth, we're citizens of heaven. And if we're citizens of heaven, one day we're gonna go back home And we're going to be with the Lord Jesus Christ. And Paul writes about that. First of all, I want you to see very quickly with me that uh, this home going of the church is an encouraging revelation that Paul gives to us. Paul meant it to be encouraging. Why did he mean for the church to be encouraged by what he writes? Because there's always the possibility that the church can get discouraged. And if the church can get discouraged, then we need to be encouraged. And so Paul's given this message and he's writing through inspiration of the Holy Spirit to encourage the church, to give us hope, uh, to give us an understanding that there's some things in the future that are going to happen that cannot be stopped, that cannot be uh, undone. uh, And there are truths that we can really count on. And so he reminds us of those very things. You see, this encouraging revelation is a message of information. Paul says, I don't want you to be ignorant, brethren. In other words, the the word ignorant doesn't mean I can't learn, but it means I'm uninformed. And so Paul's saying, I don't want you to be uninformed about these things because this information is going to be information that will encourage you. Uh, maybe sometime in the future, Paul might have been thinking that you're going to be at a time where you're discouraged, where you seem like you're being defeated. But I want to give you some information that will guarantee you a, a message and a hope that everything is going to work out and that everything's going to be great. And so Paul gave them this information. Uh, the Bible uh, <laughs> is meant to inform the child of God in every area of our life. And so the Bible is a source of information that really leads to our transformation. And so Paul was giving us that great information. Not only that, but it was a message of inspiration. Paul meant it to inspire the church. Listen to verse 13. He says, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. What's he talking about? He's talking about, uh, listen, the Christian, the believer has hope in eternal life, that there's something beyond the grave, that there's more to this life than just physical life, that there's a life after this life, and that's to be spent with Jesus Christ. And so he, he inspires us with these words. Paul is answering the big questions of life, isn't he? What's going to happen to me when I die? Uh, what, uh, what happens when Jesus comes? And so Paul gives us some answers to some of the greatest things in our life and they become a great sense of strength in our lives as we know these things. And so they inspire us in life today. And so this revelation that Paul gives is encouraging. Let me give you a second thing. Not only is it encouraging, but also it's an elusive or not, excuse me, an ex- exclusive reunion. In other words, it's going to be a reunion for a set group, uh, certain ones, uh, and, uh, but yet it's available to anyone uh, who will receive Jesus Christ as a personal Savior. Uh, the, there's some participants in the reunion. Uh, listen to what he says. He says uh, uh, in, in this uh, idea, he, he, will, he will bring some with him, The Bible says those who sleep in Jesus, those who have already died and them for the body, present with the Lord, they're going to come with Him in the air and they'll be there with Him. All those that we've known who are believers and have trusted in Jesus Christ, and, and, and now they pass through death and they're present with the Lord. When this event happens, Jesus is bringing them with Him. And so there's those who are going to come with Him. And then, then also, if you look a little bit further, there's those who remain until the coming of the Lord. Those those who are alive on this earth that are believers, Christians who are living in a physical body, a physical life here on earth, and that event happens, then they're going to be a part of this, this gathering or this reunion that's coming together. Uh, he says in verse 14, For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, what's he saying? It's the gospel message, isn't it? Jesus is saying if we believe the gospel message, whether we're in heaven with Him now or whether we're on, on earth, alive, uh, believing in Jesus Christ, that this is the group, these are going to participate in this, this reunion. So what, what qualifies us for being participants in this reunion is the blood of Jesus Christ. That He shed His blood for our sins. And as we believe in Him, trust Him as our personal Savior, then all of a sudden we become so connected with Christ that we're going to be a part of this great reunion. Not only the participants of this reunion, but listen to what else he says in verse 16. There's a proclamation of this union. He says some things about... I love this verse 16. He says, For the Lord Himself will descend from heaven with a shout. Jesus is coming. He's not sending an angel, but Jesus is coming Himself. He's coming in person for us. And so it says the Lord Himself will descend uh, from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Here's that great proclamation. The Lord's coming from heaven. The Bible says there will be a shout. Uh, the word shout means a call of command. In other words, Jesus is going to uh, issue a call of command. I don't know what that's going to be, but maybe it'll sound like this. Maybe Jesus will issue this call of command. He'll say, hey, come up here. Come up here with me. Whatever it is, every believer will know what to do. And every believer will respond to that call that Jesus makes. Because, right, He's our shepherd. We hear His voice and we know His voice. So we'll come and we'll rise up to meet Him in the air. The Bible says voice. You know, the Greek word for this English word that we use as voice is the word that we also get our our word for phone. <laughs> uh, so Jesus, listen, He isn't going to give a phone, but what it really means is a spoken command or a word, an audible word that Jesus is going to say. And when He says it, that we'll come and... We'll join him in the air. The Bible says also that there'll be a trumpet with the trumpet of God. You know, the trumpet in Israel's history is always a, a call of general assembly. It may be an assembly for war or it may be an assembly for information for important things that are happening in the nation and all the people needed to know. So they will blow the trumpet and all the people would come. <laughs> what more important event is going to happen than when Jesus comes in the air? He calls his church to be with him. There's going to be a, a trumpet. And that proclamation is going to be known. There'll be assembly called to be together with him. And then finally in verse 17, the place of the reunion. The Bible says, and shall, it says in verse 17, uh, and Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be the Lord. There's the reunion, isn't it? We shall be with them. We'll be caught up together to be with them and the Lord in the air. And thus we shall be with Him always. You see, the place of the reunions is in the presence of the Lord. Uh, It's with Him. Wherever He is, there will be also. Jesus promised that in John 14 when He said, I go and prepare a place for you. And that where that I am, there you may be also. And so Jesus is reminding us of the future that we have with Him when we have this great homecoming. You see, it's exclusive in the sense that we must believe in Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. And finally, let me give you one other thing quickly. It's an effective, relevant message. The message is relevant because it's always needed. Always needed. He says in verse 18, Excuse me. In in, in uh, verse eighteen, uh, he he says, "Therefore, comfort one another with these things." Uh, th- therefore, comfort one another with these the, with these words. You see, the statement is it's really a command. Paul's not saying, "Hey, you know, this is a good thing to do, comfort one another." No, he's really saying, "You comfort each other," and so he's commanding us to do that as the believers. This is an instruction. It's not, it's not optional in our, in our relationship. Uh, and so in the sense that... And it's also in the Greek, it's in the present tense. In other words, what, what, what it really means is always be comforting one another with these words. We should always be in the process of comforting one another with the thoughts and the truth of Jesus coming again for us. The message is needed. We need that message today. We need comfort. We need hope. We need to know that, that one day everything is going to be better because we're going to be in the presence of Jesus Christ. And then finally also the message is relevant because of its nature. It's a message of hope. Comfort, he says one another with these words. It gives us hope. You know, we live in a world today that certainly could use some hope. Families that need hope. Individuals that need some hope. Just a a little bit of assurance that what they're going through is going to pass. And when all that passes, then things are going to be better. You see, that's what we celebrate at homecoming here at church. Is that for 82 years, God has used Garrison Baptist Church to be to be a place where you can hear the message of hope, where people and families can come and be encouraged and be be shown these truths and promises about Jesus Christ and find a a hope for a certain future that we have together as believers in Christ. Is that one day when Jesus chooses and when He comes uh, that we'll hear that voice, we'll hear that trumpet And we'll go and join the ones that are already with Him. And we'll be with Him, the Bible says, forever. You see, forever is eternal for us to be with Him. So, as we enjoy this day as a church family and celebrate uh, what uh, God has done through Garrison Baptist Church, we're excited about it. You know, one of the things that will happen in heaven right after this event on earth the Bible says there's going to be a supper. It's called the marriage supper of the Lamb. It's when Jesus brings His bride, the church, uh, to heaven to be with Him. And there's a great celebration that happens in heaven because His bride is home with Him. You see, we kind of pattern our our our, our celebrations here in the church on earth after what's going on in heaven. Uh, we're not perfect with it like it is in heaven, but it's still a great thing. So after this great celebration, then we're going to go and have some food together and some fellowship. Just like will happen when the church is taken out of this world and it's in heaven with Jesus Christ. So stay and enjoy that as well. I want to ask you to bow with me and we're going to close our service this morning and just want to encourage you to stay and enjoy the fellowship together and uh, celebrate what it is to be a child of God this morning. Father in heaven,